Welcome to the Scale Up Valley podcast, where we bring the best of the best to help you scale your business from 1 million to 1 trillion. Today's guest is David, the CEO at Bilby. David, welcome to the show. Hi, Mike. Happy to, happy to be here. Absolutely. I'm looking, uh, looking forward to our conversation. I really enjoy what I've been uh, following and seeing on, on your LinkedIn uh, and also the, the story that you have shared, even with um, Alexander Tilma from, from mm -hmm. SAS Talk. Uh, that captured my my attention in order to reach out to you and uh, and be in touch because I think it will be a very original approach, but I will keep the suspense before sharing more about about it and uh, and let's start from the beginning. So uh, who is David and and tell us more about Bilby as well. Yeah, sure. Thank you, Mike. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm David. I live pretty much in the in the center of Germany on the countryside. Um, 31 years old, married, and two little boys, and I'm the CEO of uh, Bilby, which is a B2B SaaS company. Yeah. Awesome. And let us know more about what uh, Bilby uh, does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We are, I would say, some kind of middleware for any kind of e-commerce player, e-commerce company. So. Mm -hmm. After a sale happens, being it on, on Shopify, another e-commerce store, or Got being it. it on a marketplace or some something, we, we import all orders and kind of centralize and automate all following tasks. So creating creation of invoices, shipping labels, customer communication, but also keeping stock levels and inventory in sync across across all channels and all these kind of stuff. And then on the other hand, um, we forward mostly forward those orders to like accounting systems, further warehouse management systems, yeah, external fulfillment, service providers and 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 so on. Yeah. Got it. In terms of ICS, of course the business model is SaaS, as you said, uh, B2B SaaS in terms of ICP, any particular uh, kind of ideal customer uh, profile? Typically, we focus on the yeah, smallest and small companies. So our Sweet spot typically has below 10 employees. So one main show until 10 employees. We have lots of customers who start their business on a, as a side hustle. So still have a day-to-day -day job and then start the e-commerce business as a side hustle. And then right. finally, if it if it went well, they they quit the day job, hire the first employees and, and these kind of kind of companies. So we actually do not have a, a tight, tight contact and a high touch with our customers because we have around like 15,000 customers. And um, so we, we cannot have a direct connection with any of them, but really try to focus um, on, the, on the huge amount of customers instead of the big ones. Got it. Uh, in terms of geographies, uh, mm -hmm. any insights there? Um, we're still primarily based in, in Germany. So this is where our main customers come from. So I think we have around 90% of the customers from, from the German-speaking region. So Germany, Austria, Switzerland. Then a few, maybe 5 to 8% to in, in the rest of the EU. And then some, yeah, some, some, some weird customers coming from Asia or North America. And we don't know how they find us, but they did. <laughs> well, and, um, yeah, but that's uh, a rare case. In, in those cases, it's because 
uh, all about the product, right? So uh, maybe yeah, if yeah. they do the effort to to find you, it's because they are not happy with the solutions that have closer to to their homes. Yeah, and uh, and looking forward to uh, a German player, uh, especially now that everything is global, right? But uh, yeah, definitely, yeah. that's a great uh, sign. Cool. And um, tell us more about uh, how did you engage with Bilby? I know that you have an interesting story. You have, you have not been in the company from the beginning mm -hmm. as a founder. Uh, I know that you feel as a founder of the company, but uh, kind of the story of the company, you, you became much more uh, the, the CEO. Mm -hmm. But let, let us know more about uh, yeah. how it all happened. Yeah, I, I, I started my professional career as a, yeah, as a, as a typical corporate player, I would say. So I worked for, for HP in, in Germany and also in Palo Alto. And I worked for, for uh, Swiss-based Swiss um, IT service mm -hmm. providers, typical sales uh, and account management roles on the one hand. But on the other hand, I always had my, my own companies and, and side hustles running even in, in school. I had some e-commerce businesses running, some SEO agency running and affiliate websites and all this kind of stuff you do with, with 18 years old and, and 16 years old. And um, I think in around 2015 or 14, I founded another e-commerce business with two friends of mine as a side hustle. And we were looking for solutions, which yeah, are pretty much what, what Bilby is now. So we were looking for solutions um, to handle orders, to handle inventory, and um, yeah, then somehow I met Jan, the founder and, 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 and now chief tech evangelist of Bilby um, and get to know him, get to know the product and really felt overwhelmed by the product itself and by the, by the, by the, yeah, by the, by the thing, but by the, by the, by the way that it's not really known in the e-commerce community. So it, yes. There, there wasn't any traction for the product, even it was one of the best products I've seen in this in this whole space. Yeah, among mm -hmm. yeah, much much larger products and much larger companies, and and yeah, with, with which with a lot more employees and 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 marketing budget. And then I, I yeah get to know Jan, and uh, I think we talked to each other. Then we met in person one day, and I really right. thought right this might be a a really big thing, but but Jan always has been the tech guy, and um, there was no intention to to create a business based on, on Bilby in the in the in the beginning. So it was at the beginning, it really was a some kind of community project, a free community pod project, free to use, and um, very niche. So only for the DIY community. So mm -hmm. we have a, a a German Etsy clone back in these days called called Davanda. And there was really niche product to create invoices for these these um, DIY seller, I would say. <clears throat> right. And then, uh, yeah, but 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 I really saw there there's huge potential in the product and, and how it was set up, the methodology of having a self service product and the cloud born, a cloud native product, whereas all or most of other tools in this space are legacy tools you had to host on your own you had to create some kind of server client infrastructure on your own to to get these yeah more or less e-commerce erp systems up and running and Bilby was really the one of the the first tools i saw 
which was some kind of ERP light within the e-commerce space, um, mm-hmm. but cloud-born and cloud-native. <clears throat> um, so yeah, I more or less forced Jen to hire me on a freelance basis. <laughs> and, and this is how we started uh, back in 2016. I think the, the, the company was incorporated in 2015. We met at the end of 2015, and then I started on a freelance basis uh, in 2016. Uh, and I think I, I quit my corporate job in, in August or so, 2016, and then joined Adobe full-time. Yeah, and yeah, this was quite a tough decision, obviously. Um, uh, because I had to, I had to tell my, my, my friends, my family, <laughs> to leave <laughs> a good corporate job with, with a good salary, with a company on car and all these kind of stuff and circumstances. And, um, yeah, but in the end it turned out good, but was quite a, quite a tough decision to, to convince my surroundings. Um, and uh, after this six years or, or so, uh, where are you in terms of growth with, uh, with Bilby? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was yeah. it I a think, good bet? <laughs> it, it, I think it was a good bet, definitely. Uh, not only because of, of, I would say, circumstances, but also because of happiness and, and work happiness and, and life happiness. Yeah. So right. uh, it's it's not only about the numbers, but also the numbers are good. And but but it's not only the, the one thing. Yeah. And um, yeah, in the beginning, we, we had a really... We were a really good couple, I would say. So Jan was the mm-hmm. product and tech guy, and I, I was the 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 money Business. guy, the revenue yeah. guy, the growth guy. Yeah. And and this this turned out really good. So we had a similar mindset, but different expertise, different skills, would say. Exactly. And um, yeah, I think we we hired the first two employees in 2017, then and then two more in in 18, and really really slow growth in the beginning, conservative growth in the beginning, or bootstrapped, so all based uh, from our own on revenues. The only grant I think we had was some kind of uh, no payback government grant who paid um, like 20% of our both salaries in the beginning, which was nice, obviously, yeah. um, but, but that's it. And um, then we really were growing based on our own revenues and based on our own profits. Right. And you were explaining that you have recruited the first uh, employees in 2017, 2018, right? Uh, and now what is the headcount of, uh, of mm-hmm. the company? Um, we are around, or uh, I think we just signed the number 45. Awesome. So 45 employees now and round about a little more than 40 FTE. Yeah, so, so most of the employees are full-time. Got it. Maybe I think two two working students or so, and and yeah, maybe one one or two part time. It's incredible growth, and uh, and we are coming into the most exciting part of of the show. And one of the reasons why I reached out to you is you have a very unique, uh, let's say, uh, culture and uh, way of retaining and attracting a talent, and you have your own. Uh, thoughts and 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 values around that process. Can you share with us a little bit more uh, about the the strategy that you are implementing uh, at Bilby? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah, even from the from the very beginning on, one of our main goals and it which which still is our main goal is to be to to, to only have 
happy employees would say yeah so to have the happiest employees on earth if you want to say it and um, we want to have a good job for ourselves but also for our people and um, this was actually one of the one of the things Jan was founding Bilby in the beginning because he he didn't want to work for in, in a job right. he didn't like or, or, or something like this so he really wants to create an environment where he wants to like or, or wants to work yeah and right. um we were growing in the beginning on two different office office sites. So one office where Jan was living and one office where I was living. So more or less equally, until, I think until we were like 10, 10 people or so, 10 employees. But then we figured out that because both were yeah remote spots and um, no big cities around and all this kind of stuff, we figured out it could be difficult to grow as we want to grow. Yeah. And as we, as we were seeing the growth in terms of revenue, we were seeing it, it's difficult to grow in the same way in terms of people. So I think it was, yeah, right, right before Corona, maybe the end of 2019 or so, but mm -hmm. we were around 10 people and we, we were seeing, all right, in 2020, we are probably growing fast and, probably need to hire more than we usually did and um yeah then then corona came in and we were forced to go to the home office or or, or at least we were allowed to to or allowed our employees to go to the home office and realized it's it's working well and at the same time we realized corona doesn't have a negative impact on our business but the opposite is the opposite. case so e-commerce yeah. is obviously benefiting from from corona so our growth our planned growth for 2020 was probably even much higher than we were expecting it in the beginning so mm -hmm. um, we thought we somehow have to become yeah an awesome employer to attract talent and then right. we we decided for two i think maybe yeah probably probably two big changes in our company and in our culture and gave them a trial period from July to December uh, 2020. One is um, to mm -hmm. be 100% remote company. So higher, higher, at least German white or, or Germany white would say. And the, which, which is not really unique anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, no, but the other thing was um, to reduce a working hours or our week work hours from 40 to 30 so yeah. cut it by 25 percent more or less and um, yeah just the, the the main thing really was to become an outstanding employer and to have something unique and um yeah make make some kind of rumors in the in the in the hiring scene I would say <laughs> and um as i said we we gave us a ourselves some kind of trial period to the end of 2020 but then right. as applications and and people were were coming in so fast in this year <laughs> we've, we've we've doubled the, the headcount in 2020 right. and um, there was already some kind of point of no return in i think in october 2020 where we fired yeah like six seven eight people not from one of our office yeah. sites, but Perhaps. but right. somewhere in Germany. So there was no real way back to the exactly. offices. And I think then in October, scary November, at the time, but uh... yeah, it was it was <laughs> it was it was scary at the time. Uh, but we also realized that this hybrid culture doesn't really work for work. ourselves. Yeah, because right. you you always have these kind of two class 
employees, exactly. so the one employees who are in the office and and the employees who are not. Yeah. And so we decided to go Absolutely. all in and uh, yeah, canceled office sites and and all this kind of stuff. That's amazing. So 10 people in 2019, uh, 20 in 2020, and uh, now at 40, which which means almost 40 at the end of 2021. Mm -hmm. So doubling uh, ad counts every single year without uh, external fu uh, funding, uh, bootstrapping. This is quite unique here in the show, but it, that's on purpose uh, yeah. to really reflect and help the VC Racket community to think about other ways. And if we always need to raise funds in order to grow a company and uh, what i'm trying to do with this show is uh, sharing your story so people can see that it is possible and to learn from what you are doing and at the same time it is possible to grow and it is possible to have a, a friendly environment and a great culture for people that are working and i love your example about um, yen the the will of working in the company or not only providing for himself the experience that he would like to have in, in the companies that he has worked at, but also for the ones who are working uh, mm -hmm. with you. I think that's, that makes a lot of difference because sometimes the mindset is not uh, a school is, okay, though all those people that I've worked at have explored me, have not created the conditions for me to perform and to be happy. So now I'm doing the same, but I'm the boss. <laughs> so, yeah. or, or, or even the, the belief. Might be the case, yeah. It's not possible to grow a company without that, but I don't want to be in that kind of rat race. So I will hire people to do the right race uh, yeah. for me. In this case, no, no, I want to be in a different way, in a, in a different culture, in a different environment. And I want the people that work with me to also benefit from that kind of environment. And we will make this work as a business as well. We will grow, we will create um, profit and value to our customers and everyone will benefit. So I, I know that you have your kind of happy profits uh, concept. Uh, yeah. Let us know more about that. Yeah, I think there are always well, these 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 three areas you already named. So profitability, growth, and and happy environment, happy employees, and and happy happy work. Would say, and I I think most people think you could only two of them at exactly. max. So right. And um, yeah, we, we, we actually try to do it differently and to make more out of it. So to, on the one hand, to invest in our people first, yeah, to make them happy, yeah, which in our case, at least leads to a more profitable company because they are more motivated, more productive. We need to have a, maybe fewer employees where other companies would need more employees for the same, right. for the same things, um, less fluctuation. So less hiring efforts, less onboarding, onboarding efforts and all this kind of stuff, less, less illnesses. Yeah. Because, because people right. have more, more, more time to, to relax, time to chill, time to go for, for other things. And then um, invest those money from, from being more profitable into our product and into our growth. So this is basically what we try to achieve and which, which obviously worked for us and, Maybe I, th I don't think it works for any company, especially if you're in some kind of winner-takes-it-all market or maybe in, in yeah some kind of network economy uh, situation Yeah, we, where you want to create some kind of platform, marketplace, and all this right. kind of stuff. But I think especially if you're in the B2B SaaS space where you have a product yeah. 
which makes or which creates a value for the first user already who's paying for the first customer already. I think, especially in this situation, it's really possible to do it. Yeah, because in the beginning, as, as Yen was a, a, a single founder, one man show, he was he was reducing his other freelance projects. Yeah, as as Bilby mm -hmm. was growing, and he could do the support, he could do the the development, he could do the the marketing, which he didn't, but he could have done it. Yeah, right. Right. And um, so you really could 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 wear different hats in the beginning. So there's there's still a chance to get bootstrapped if you create a B two B SaaS company, and then if you create a product which creates value, people are willing to pay for it. And one thing we we found out that we were always underpricing ourselves, underpricing our product. And I think this is this is a common mistake yeah. for, for any company, being right. it a bootstrap company, but also being a VC-backed uh, company. And, and um, SaaS and non-SaaS. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. And as we, as we found out, people are happy with our, our, our customers, are happy with our product, and are also willing to pay more and, and telling us they're willing to pay more, actually. Um, we found out, That's all right, amazing. why don't we use this 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 situation, yeah, and, and and change the pricing a little bit, take a little bit more money, invest it into the product, invest it into the people, hire more people growing. So we really try to yeah, follow the path which was somehow provided by our customers, right? Right. So and um yeah, it it, it turned out good, I think. That's that's really great. Uh, this free ingredients that you're talking about, growth, uh, happy employees, uh, and profitability. Yeah. Uh, as you said, even just being able to combine growth and profitability uh, would be. Uh, but at the same time, we maybe, should not... maybe combining growth and profitability is harder than combining all of all of the three, right? The three. So... Right. Uh, Cool. That, that's that's a that's a wise uh, thought. I was not getting it, but uh, now I, I I arrived there, so <laughs> understand why. But yes, especially especially also because in with the right mindset in the VC buckets kind of path, we will need to prove profitability um, in order to raise the upcoming round or to use that round as a tool to keep growing uh, quickly. But sometimes I think that we forget that, uh, and because of the um, of the hype in the market, sometimes we are able to raise a new round without showing that profitability. When I'm talking about that profitability, is that if we would stop growing or investing so aggressively because we want to grow fast, we would be um, a viable company, a profitable uh, company. We are we, we we are not a profitable company because we are investing more aggressively so we can grow uh, faster. Yeah. So and 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 this is an important point to never for, forget that the unit economics should be working in order to be able to accelerate. Especially, I would say after uh, Series A. Until there, until then, it's a lot of uh, proving that the model uh, makes sense and that uh, customers are happy with that that we are serving the right kind of niche and yeah. that we have a, a large market that we are really solving that uh, kind of the problem solution fit stage uh, in getting to product market fit stage and then the go to market fits uh, stage etc cetera, etc cetera. but we should not forget also in the in the common shows about the vc packet way 
that uh, growth and profitability are also something that we need to to be able to to prove even if we don't choose uh, the profitability in the short term not because we couldn't but because we want to yeah. grow uh faster. yeah i understand yeah yeah actually there's this this rule of 40 you you probably yeah. probably know about so to that i think it's the profit margin plus the revenue growth Reverend. has to be 40. more than than 40 yeah. so even if yeah. if one of both is or at least if, if profit is negative yeah so if exactly. the growth is high enough and we also use this rule for ourselves but had this this little tweak that we still want both of it to be more than 10 percent right. right so so plus right. plus 10 but for example I, I think in 2021 we had like 40 percent ebitda or so so it's it's, it. it's a huge wow. and it's incredible i think it's probably too high actually yeah so right. at least at least from a vc perspective or investment perspective but also from ourselves perspective it's quite high although we really try to invest and hire a lot of people and invested into the product but i think it's that, that obviously there probably is some kind of unhealthy profit yeah if it's right. if it's too high yeah and that, this is something i i understand and and, and something i try to try to look at as well yeah and this is something maybe we could learn from from vcs as well yeah to yeah. to invest more than we actually yeah allow ourselves to yeah right <laughs> because we are very conservative so we budget right. very very conservative yeah and we always underestimated how much revenue we would make yeah so we we were growing i think like 100 any year almost since the it's beginning amazing that's but, vc metrics um, or, or what what the vc companies would love to achieve in order yeah. to be sexy to go into the next stage so well done. yeah right right definitely yeah but but we, we were always underestimating this so we're planning for less for less spend yeah no i think this year is the first year where we are some kind of more realistic more aggressive uh, in terms of revenue growth and we're budgeting more aggressive yeah and uh I think so. So plans are to come out with little less. Exactly. And I think it's it's a good point also, especially in your situation that you have the luxury because you have not decided to join the VC bucket path. And I agree that we are evolving our discussion to not compare both sides. Again, we can learn a lot from bootstrapping yeah. companies and we can also learn a lot from a bootstrapping perspective from VC bucket yeah. companies. Yeah. But you have you have the luxury that you don't need to prove that you are able to double or triple um, every single year, and this should not be um, a threat. This should be a, an advantage, right? Mm -hmm. for, yeah. for you, in that sense, you can almost create two scenarios: the let's say the conservative, as you have been doing in the in the past years, with great success because you were always uh, able to and outgrow uh, that projection but at the same time i have kind of the moonshot uh well what, what i like to call the roof shot scenario and the moonshot uh scenario right so it's kind of okay if we have here alpha metrics and if we do this this is really good but let, let's aim for for the moon so yeah, in terms yeah. of aiming for the moon what can we do as a team to to get there and at least you get always a certain control over the the quality of growth of the company because I think that's that's the other point. So how do we add into that free uh, variable equation growth app employees and profitability the speed right uh, mm -hmm. and also 
are do, do we have the capacity to invest the capital or the profit that we have generated uh, with quality? Because maybe we don't have yet a strategy to be able to reinvest so aggressively at this time. But maybe in three years or four years, there will be a, a huge opportunity with an adjacent market or a new niche uh, yeah. within our business where the opportunity will be super clear and it would be very good to have cash on the bank so we can be aggressive on leveraging that uh, opportunity, kind of applying more the Warren Buffett kind mm -hmm. of uh, mindset of uh, and an investment mindset to the business world, which is um, let's wait for the moment that we have a very good opportunity that we know that's that's opportunity that we want to leverage to be more aggressive and balance, uh, not, not just because we have generated 40% of a bit of that, let's not invest the 40%, let's invest the percentage of the profit that we think that we are able to create um, a consequence of that growth yeah. that if we put one euro, we will get three euros or dollars uh, depending on, on who, who is listened from. Uh, but th yeah. that's, it is great to have this conversation with you because I think that uh, those are the best shows where we brainstorm and we find new ideas and we, we really have a conversation instead of uh, just yeah, doing yeah. a, uh, an interview right. so and in terms of the 40 uh going from the 40 hour work week into the 30 hour work week how does it how does that work in practice for for your people at, at bilby mm -hmm. yeah so we simply said just just work 30 hours a week and and spend them when and how you want it more or less yeah Got so it. so we said you have to have you have to work at least four days a week. So there should be a single employee who works two days, 15 hours or so. So we have to, mm -hmm. we said you have to work at least four days a week. So four days or five days. Okay. Uh, interesting. Interestingly, most people work five days a week, which, which I personally think is the, the most productive way. Yeah, if you only work like around about six hours a week, uh, a day, I think that's, yeah. that's yeah far more productive than working. Yeah eight, 10, 12 hours a day. And so really, really, uh, uh, yeah. Or like, the ones who like are the, the following six hours per uh, work work week day, uh, we will have six times five, 30 hours. Uh, right. Typically yeah. we have the eight times five. Right. Uh, right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, really, I, I really like that, that both people still work the five days. And then we... Obviously, I had to make some changes to our organization. Yeah, to when and how we do meetings. So, for example, we try to do all weekly and all or regular meetings on Mondays. So, mm -hmm. Monday is a typical meeting day for for right. regular team meetings, regular company meetings, town hall meetings, and all this kind of stuff. We also try to avoid meetings in the afternoon. So, like like two p.m. Right. is usually some kind of unwritten written rule, which is the 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 latest time of a meeting a day so there are some some yeah like circumstances we do and um yeah that's it basically yeah so it's uh, quite quite uh, simple to be honest and um but people can still adjust their the timelines as they like so there's no fixed time frame where they have to work so some people work in the early mornings some people work in the late evenings and late night right. So it's quite flexible um, because we, we also have lots of uh, uh, parents, lots of family families in a company. Yeah. So they maybe work three hours in the morning, 
pick up kids from school, eat right. lunch with them, and then work three hours in the afternoon or so. It's quite flexible. That's amazing. Um, around these fixed meeting times, of course, yeah. That's that's really amazing and quality of life and um, yeah, yeah that life is so short that it it makes a sense to to work in a pro in a purpose that we that we love uh, and also to be able to spend time with uh, our dear ones and and to do stuff uh, outside of work that we love and to do what we love at work as well yeah. uh, and have quality of life on the dif different dimensions uh, of life it seems almost a miracle but uh, again it's it's possible uh it's never perfect but it's possible to yeah, right. get yeah. closer to that right so uh, yeah. i think that, and that's also actually also with the with the remote thing most most people obviously think the 30 hour thing is the the, the more the, the crazier of those two <laughs> but in right. terms of working together being remote has a much higher impact than working 30 instead of 40 hours right Right. Um, because in terms of tools, in terms of structure and processes, hiring, recruiting, onboarding yeah. people, being remote is much more, much more difficult, much more challenging than, than only working exactly. 10 hours less a week, I think. And um, so if, if I could have all our 45 employees living next to my house, <laughs> I would love to build some yeah, huge and fancy and, and nice office space for us. Yeah, to work together, right. to have fun together, to have lunch together. But uh, yeah, so as you said, it's not always perfect. Yeah, that's that's how it is. Yeah, so this is this is not an option. Yeah, because we want to hire the best people around the world is not possible for us as well. But at least around Germany, and um, yeah, we have our first employee uh, move to to Sevilla just on the 1st of April. Congratulations. So we have, actually we have some, some mini, mini location, mini site in, in Sevilla now. And yeah, but, but, but that's it. So now Germany uh, and Spain are right, open yeah. for uh, new opportunities. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Uh, we came to the moment of going through the, the funny segment of the show where I ask a quick question and you give me a, mm -hmm. a quick answer. So if you'd have the opportunity to have a coffee with yourself at the beginning of uh, Bilby when you joined Yen, uh, what advice would you offer to your younger self? I think it's basically long-term thinking because I was in the, in the past, I was very very short-term thinking in terms of everything, in terms of money, in terms of product, in terms of whatever, yeah, in terms of people, in terms of hiring, very long-term thinking. So I, I stumbled across these, these quotes, I think it's from, from Bill Gates or so, that most people yep. overestimate what they can do in one year and underestimate what they can do in 10 years. And exactly. yeah, this, is, this is really what, what makes sense to me now, but uh, didn't realize in the past. Love it. What are you the most proud of uh, on your journey so far? Yeah, I think it's basically bootstrapping Bilby so far. Yeah. Or maybe more, more, more specific, in fact, to, to pay the bills of almost 50 people, right? In, in a, with with self-earned money yeah. um, and, and still giving them a job they love. So this is actually, I think, the, the thing. It's amazing. The happy profits uh, yeah. concept. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, worst advice ever received? 
Oh, that's that's a hard one. Um, <laughs> maybe it's it's just a simple, simple and 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 stupid thing. In back in my first job at HP, my first sales role, someone uh, told me to remove my my eyebrow piercing, which I was used to wear in in my early twenties, <laughs> for one of my senior colleagues. So it was a typical, um, yeah, blue collar sales job at HP and. Um, yeah, maybe actually, actually was one of my best advices as well because this made me think in the first time of leaving leaving the corporate world and and going into the startup world. <laughs> you, have, you have just translated the yeah. the negative into maybe, the positive. Maybe, yeah, <laughs> well, but at that at that time, I feel this is really a a, a stupid advice. But yeah, never know. <laughs> favorite book? Um, yeah, it's actually actually scaling up by Vern Harnish. Awesome. So uh, really, really. Um, not 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 sucking up on you. It's 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 really the case. And actually knew the book before I knew the podcast uh, from from yourself. So like it very much. That's awesome. We we shared that one definitely. So favorite movie or series? Um, yeah, I'm I'm not really into into fiction, but um, yeah, maybe I, I think I like Why Him with James Franco. If you know it, no. If not, it's Could it's be. I recommend. It's a it's a. Uh, funny funny movie but a little bit start up he as well so why him why it's, him why him Got yeah it. it's it, at least it, that's the german title why him yeah. with, with james franco yeah james franco okay got it i'm always funny learning one. so much from these resources at the end of and the show and it's i think it's primarily playing in 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 silicon valley so palo alto area so oh that's so that's amazing so you got me triggered to to yeah. look into that so favorite podcast excluding uh this one um that's definitely the top from from nathan the i like top it very much from, yeah got yeah. it okay always always surprised it and and writing down uh the resources david thanks so much for joining us today it was really a pleasure to have you on the show yeah it was fun thank you and as you see, it is possible to, to combine growth, happy employees, profitability, and we even discuss speed and uh, mm -hmm. time of investment. And instead of doing it bootstrapped versus VC bucket, I really enjoy the way that we move the conversation in, into, which is how can we learn from each other and how can we support as a community and as a better society, the growth uh, of all companies. So people that work at our companies can also benefit from them. So we keep bringing you inspiring stories and also helpful advice to help you scale your business. See you soon and keep scaling.